Hello and welcome to the Back Five podcast. I'm Kieran and I support Everton. I'm Sam and I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm Sean and I support Tottenham. I'm Will and I support Cardiff City. And I'm Sam and I support Liverpool. Well, I think we should start with um, the Chelsea v West Brom. I think I'll give it to Sam for this one. Um, yeah, it wasn't exactly the uh, the greatest start to the weekend that I'd quite hoped for. I think, um, to be honest, it was just quite embarrassing. Really, I can't actually. I'm still in a bit, still a bit in uh, disbelief at what happened. Uh, I think people probably did expect eventually there would be a defeat in the running, but. I don't think many people would have called it would have been at home to West Brom and of this even, magnitude. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, five two. It was just unbelievable to watch. Really, we just got mm. completely ripped apart. May I just add a stat? West Brom, second bottom of the league, won yeah. four games. Two of those were against Chelsea. No, it's not. They've drawn one against us, oh, so that's no. wrong. So unlucky, mate. Unlucky. Um, but we. But to be, to be fair, I thought conceding that level of goals would just, you know, instantly yeah, not two points off. I mean, to be fair, we conceded yeah eight goals in uh two games against West Brom isn't exactly uh anything to brag about. Yeah. That's something people... you were saying to me the other day, Sam, about how Callum Robinson. I don't think you said he scored like five goals in three Premier League games against Chelsea. Yeah. Sorry. And in his other 39 games, he hasn't scored in the Premier League. Mm. And I mean, to be fair to him, what that goal where he volleyed it into the... That was, that was, that was, that that was a fantastic goal. Fantastic goal. I think we should probably start with the uh, Silver getting sent off. That's where the trouble really started. Yeah, I mean, we'd just gone 1-0 up. I'd kind of... It was similar to the way we'd played under Tuchel for quite a while. Like, we looked the better team. We didn't look amazing. I think the international break probably hadn't helped us we looked quite slow but we got the goal and it was kind of like okay now we'll probably just hold on maybe win one nil maybe two and then out of nowhere Thiago Silva picks up the second yellow which I just cannot believe that he was actually sent off for that I think it's just... was the second yellow the sliding on the outside of the box so it, yeah, yeah it, he went because... to block the shot and he caught him on the follow-through, but Thiago Silva is facing the other way. He is not looking at the player. The ball is is gone. The ball, he's taken the shot. He's barely, like, the contact wasn't so, like, tough that the player would be injured or hurt from that. Like, he went down on the floor, like, rolling about after it. And I think that made up the referee's mind. But I just, I can't believe the ref has given him a second yellow to, for that. To be honest, Sam, I thought you were going to come on and start attacking the first yellow. Because that yellow was a straight yellow. I don't I don't really think there was an argument with that, to be honest. Oh, the, it went the, straight through the player. No, the second yellow was a complete yellow. I, I I don't really see an argument there, to be honest. No, 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 no. no. He he went to block the ball. I, I know he went to block the ball, but he didn't nah, go through the player. No, I, the ball is gone. The ball The ball has gone. He's taken the shot. It's after the ball has left his foot. He's not looking at the player. He's jumped in to block it. The first yellow for me was a yellow. But the real player to blame was Jorginho. He gave the ball away twice. He gave it away for the first one, where Thiago Silva then made a tactical foul, pulled him down, got a yellow, which was deserved. And the second one, again, Jorginho lost the ball. Thiago Silva jumps in to block the shot, catches him on the follow-through. And I just don't think that that's a red card, because he's... 
the thing is, you, you can argue that just looking back at it now, he's not really fully in control of his movement by the time that he's left the floor. And I think that's like where my issue is with it. Just the fact that he's got no control over where he's going once he's lifted off. That's that's just my that's just my take on it. How yeah, it you can argue that with every slide tackle, right? No, no, but Ness, if you look at like the way that he's taken off, like both feet, he's got no control over. Norm- that... Normally, with a defender, you've got like one foot where so, it's planted. Seen, we've seen Thiago, Thiago Silva is that I've seen him make that kind of dive towards the ball so many times in a Chelsea shirt. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that he does. It's just it's one of those where I think it might be a little bit risky. Yeah, it, in the way that he's no longer in control of his body because of the way that he sort of true. Uh, it is risky, also considering he's already been booked. But I just do not think that that is worthy I, I, of a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sat, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking you wouldn't. I don't think you I, I would think, be sat here complaining if that was the first yellow. You wouldn't be sat here complaining about that at all. To be fair, I, um, I, I can see where he's coming from. I think it is harsh, but ultimately, you're on a yellow card. And going the way that he's gone, sort of into the the block or the tackle or whatever, I think the referee, you know, he's just given him a decision to make. Yeah, no, I, I understand the argument because I mean, well, to be honest, ultimately, the Thiago Silva red, yeah, it did not help us, but the performance was simply not good enough anyway. So that's the main talking point from this game for me. It, Chelsea just didn't offer anywhere near enough. Like West Brom, full credit to them. They're brilliant going forward. They took their chances. We didn't. We had more chances. We've seen it. We've seen it before under Lampard. We had large control of the ball. We held it. We took shots. We didn't create really, really good chances, but we had like the opportunity. We should. We should be winning that game. We should be when we're one nil up. We should not be conceding five goals just because of a red card. There's no excuse to concede five goals at home to West Brom, the team 19th in the table. I mean, West Brom didn't even play that well. Like, I know that's going to sound terrible, but they were just really, really good at finishing. Yeah, so, they like, took their in, chances. In that game, they created 1.47 XG and scored five out of it. Wow. Yeah, Against Chelsea under Tuchel, 1.47 XG is quite high. Yeah, I mean, it is, but considering they scored five goals... And we had a red card as well, I suppose. That's that true. I mean, I th- I think... to, to be fair, though, I think ultimately what West Brom did, which is quite ironic, is what sort of top sides do. They get little snatches at chances and ultimately have you know, three points to show for it at the end of the day. And I mean, I, I mean, you could argue that that sort of ruthlessness and edge to their game has been what's missing from Chelsea. For all Tuchel's done well defensively in getting them organised, I think you've still got the same issue under Lampard that there's just yeah. not that that sort of killer edge to that, the game where you just finish off. That's where we're missing certain players. I mean, obviously, it's a couple of years back now, but since we've lost Eden Hazard, we've never had that player who could change a game on his own. Yeah. Currently, we have these players who are very, very talented players like Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech. They're all game-changing players, but they haven't been able to do it consistently this year at all. Like Hakim Ziyech, I thought he was going to be the one who would kind of step up and be the real difference maker in the big moments, but he hasn't done that enough this year. And that that is a a huge problem we've had this year. It's the same under Lampard. And also, I, I think... The only thing I'll I'll criticise Tuchel on the fact that he ha- he stayed in that five back formation, which I think with ten men just 
it's not going to work no. it's tough because it's worked so well so far that he obviously wouldn't want to just switch out of it mm-hmm. but i don't think that was probably the way to go when we mm-hmm. had 10 men to, to come at it from a, a sort of slightly different school of thought do you think maybe with obviously him coming in sort of you know not being there for too long necessarily with the way that he's had to try and get results out of this squad it is a case of there's literally just one system he feels confident in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's what he's played every game. So clearly he feels confident that he's shaping these players into this formation and that's the best way he thinks it can I, work. Yeah, whether I, we'll see I a just, shift yeah. next year and stuff, but I just wonder whether or not it's sort of a, a short-term decision to try and get top four mm-hmm. and just have something in place. Because I mean, yeah, ultimately he'll probably end up tinkering around with with the players and the way that they may play, even if he he stays with that formation. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. One one final thing before we move on to the Arsenal Liverpool game. Timo Werner in that game, I, what I thought was really interesting was the, the Mount goal. Um, he he passed it to Mount to score, but I think uh, I think most strikers would shoot that opportunity. Oh, yeah, a hundred. It was. And do you think that's a hangover from the horrendous he miss he 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 missed for Germany in the international it, break? Yeah, it's it's not yeah. even just that miss. It's uh, yeah, I, I, the I, I, entire. Season. I mean, obviously I, he's done it all. Yeah, I I think it's just he's obviously low on confidence. As much as people will argue, well, he's made it more difficult for it for us there because he could have just shot. He knows, he obviously knows in his head, he is not in the position right now to be scoring the goals. He just he just hasn't done it. So he he obviously thought, right, I'm just going to set this back up. Mount is there in the right position. We got the goal. That's what matters. He's provided another assist to the team, which he's done very well this year. He's drawn penalties. He's got assists. He's scored the occasional goal. Yes, he's fluffed big chances, but... I'd much more rather him do that than yet again shoot and miss because it's happened so much this season. He's obviously so low on confidence. And I think that him and obviously Kai Havertz, I think they are big reasons as well why Thomas Tuchel was brought in because after I know there was a thing after in um, training, it was like Werner was saying he wants to go and do finishing practice. He wanted to do more. And Tuchel was just like, no, like, you're not doing that. You know how to score. Like, Tuchel is there to try and get the best out of those kind of players. I, I just yeah, don't I, know where from, I just looking, looking, in, looking in on this, I feel like Werner is the typical example of a striker who's so used to scoring at least one goal every single game or in that sort of realm that he'll, he'll hit every single chance knowing that eventually one will go in. And I think that's what happened at the start of the season where he was taking a lot of shots or at least attempting a lot and getting nothing to show for it. Um, ultimately, I, I mean, look, I could, I could be wrong here, but I think there's probably some sort of stat that backs me up on the basis that Werner's probably had less shots and less opportunities than in the Bundesliga where they tend to play a higher line. But I think, to me, he's in this situation now where he's not got the confidence he can get that goal. So he knows that he needs to provide something, otherwise he's just not going to get in that team. Yeah. I, I it, do think as soon as he transfers into that more assisting thing, though, he's losing. Like, as soon as he's not shooting, he's never going to gain the confidence if he's not shooting. So yeah, I, but I, at the same time, though, I think with, especially with the way that Tuchel plays, that, all right, they're creating chances, but they're not creating 
loads and loads and loads of chances. So I, I think in regards of that, if Werner's missing big, more big chances he misses, the worse his confidence is going to get. Personally, I think he needs the season to be over. He needs to have a good Euros because ultimately for a lot of players going away with the national team, all right, I know he missed a big one in the international break, but going away with the national team that you've played with for a few years sometimes can spark spark a confidence. I mean, we saw it a little bit with Torres when he was at Chelsea, when he won the golden uh, boot in Euro 2012. He won the golden boot and had a little bit of form for Chelsea and obviously it sort of tailed away again. But the point being that a good tournament for Werner could be the difference from when hitting the ground running. This is obviously a big part of the season for players like him and for Chelsea in general. I think, obviously, from this point forward, it's going to be so interesting to see how they move on from that defeat if things change. I wouldn't be surprised if more experienced players come into the squad, the likes of Olivier Giroud. like. Yeah. He's because he's such a reliable striker. It really would not shock me to see him becoming a more common figure in the squad towards the end of this season. Just, just one last thing. Obviously, Giroud, you know, someone who's, who's a proven striker. I mean, I think Tammy Abraham hasn't had sort of like the rub of the green. Where, where do you sort of stand on him? Because obviously, he scored goals, like albeit, you know, may not be as experienced as Giroud or the big money price tag Werner, but scores goals. Yeah, as much as people may be against the way Tommy Abraham plays, like he isn't the most naturally talented player out there, but he scores. And that is a huge thing that we are lacking at the like we lack under Tuchel, I think, that kind of killer instinct just to get the ball in the net. And Tommy Abraham definitely brings that. I mean, he's our since Lampard was appointed last year, he's been our top scorer. He's our joint top scorer this season, uh, tied with Mason Mount. So and he, and he hasn't had that many minutes. So mm-hmm. I think it's an odd one to see him not included in the squad. He wasn't even put in the 18-man squad for the weekend against West Brom, which I just don't really understand. Yeah. I I think he's, yeah, he he can score goals. And the, the other argument, just, just quickly, would be that he's an awkward player to play against. He's, yeah. he's that sort of size where... Ooh. Ultimately, yeah, he may be a bit awkward with his, his movements and he's not exactly the best on the ball. But a bit like, Cre- all right, I'm not going to knock Crouchy because Crouchy was actually quite good technically. But having that sort of height and the frame, it just makes such a different proposition to, like, say, Giroud, who is your stereotypical target man. All right, he's got a bit of class on the ball. But for a defender, I think it's just a different option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree there. I think if I'm a defender, I'd rather play against Abraham than Giroud. Yeah, but I, I don't know about because off the bench, I feel like Abraham might be a little bit more awkward for a defence. That's mm-hmm. that's just my opinion personally because I I think he's he's got these moments where he pops up with goals in in sort of positions where you mm-hmm. wouldn't expect. I think he scored one against Arsenal, which was um, quite reminiscent of sort of like Didier Drogba, with sort of like the hold up play just hard to get around and ultimately he's found a finish look he's nowhere near the, the sort of player that Jogba was but when it's Chelsea at the minute I think it's a case of they've got to try everything to try and get goals because it is very close to that top four yeah moving on to another team that ultimately their, their strikers aren't working as well as they should be Arsenal played Liverpool and obviously Liverpool seem to be at least a team where you can get our points off currently but they didn't manage it <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a um, a very poor result for Arsenal. I, I just to lose three 0 to Liverpool, the form they've been in, I just I really don't understand the direction Arsenal are heading in at the moment. They just confuse me so much as a club because sometimes I think, oh, they actually played quite well there. They have some players. They're so hot and cold. Yeah, all mm. the time. Their defense is just. It's just so weak. And I mean, now there's news broke that Kieran Tierney's going to be out for a while and he's probably been their best player, best best defender in the team, arguably this year. And he's going to be a huge loss to them come the end of the season, running into the end of the season. But I mean, you say going into a game against Liverpool's recent... We, going into that game, we'd beaten Wolves and RB Leipzig. So it's yeah. not like we were going in on poor form. Like I'll be Leipzig are a very good team to a Wolves. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I think I, I'm I, more I, making the point. You're not the Liverpool of last season. Yeah, like you're a team that could you can get points from. You're not. You're not a team that you set out to defend against right no. now. I don't. I think if some teams you are, some teams would set up to defend against this. Arsenal should be a team where they can. They should be going for points. Yeah, Arsenal should they should be, be going for points. Sheffield United, maybe. Also, also, Arsenal aren't a very good team when they set up a defensive block. They're just not. Mm. Well, also, it's not Arsenal's game, is it? Yeah, it's, it's not. Solid. I mean, if you look at those those three attackers that started the game, obviously Firmino, Mane and Salah. Mane, this season, or at least this part of the season, is not the terrifying figure he was last season. Mane needs to be dropped at this point. Mm. It's just not going as mm. planned. That's but... such a big turnaround, though. I mean... At the start of the season, everyone was he was the main man over Salah almost. Mm. I don't think Mane's been ever so been the main this. man over Salah. Pe- people were considering him that, though. But people have said that for a long time, right? Loads of people have argued that he might be the better player. But I've just... I think technically, Salah's just such a... Technically, they are levels apart. Mm. And I think in terms of if you're going to have one player to really put the team on his back and run, it's going to be Salah. Yeah. Was that, was that the first game um, that you had Fabinho back in the midfield for? Or has that been... No. Was that... No, he'd be back in the midfield for Leipzig and Wolves. Oh, okay. How much of a difference do you think that's been making? Fabinho is the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League. Oh. And I will not take no. that fight. Well, um, right, who's better? Are you forgetting about a certain Frenchman, I think? I, no, yeah, I'm, certain, I'm, I'm, certain sec- I'm seconding that. A certain little Frenchman. A certain little like, Dane. Fabinho is better than N'Golo Kante. Now. No, he is not. Because no. I just don't think N'Golo Kante is that position anymore. Because he's, yeah, he's not been played there, the pitch, to be fair. So, he's, can hmm. you really call him a defensive uh, fielder anymore? I don't know about that. Because I, I don't know. I think I you think can because his, his, best, his best football has been played as a defensive midfielder. Yeah, his best football's there, but he doesn't play there. Yeah, but the I'm midfield... Trying think, I'm trying to think of the alternatives. The, mid, the, midfield, pivot, the midfield pivot is Kante and Kovacic, and Kovacic is the one who picks up the yeah. ball and drives forward. Kante is the yeah, one who Kante defends. Kante also makes forward runs, right? Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. So you can still be Fabinho a defensive midfielder make who runs. makes forward runs. Yeah, but a, a modern day no, defensive like, midfielder does it a lot. Make runs. Yeah, but he's still. If if you're talking yep. about Kante, the main thing you're going to focus on are his defensive attributes. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is like that is like calling. That's like saying a right back's a right winger because he put a cross in. 
you're just allowed, no, but like, you're his main job isn't to defend in that midfielder. In that midfield, well, Alexander Arnold's main job I, isn't to defend either. I'd, I'd say it's to cover. His job is to cover and pick the ball, yeah. which I'd argue is but one of the biggest midfielders. Regardless yeah. of what happens, I I will die on the bridge that. Fabinho is the best centre defensive midfielder in the Premier League. No, I disagree. I'd possibly go as far as no, Ruh. no, Kimmich, Kimmich, yeah, uh, yeah, Kimmich and Casemiro. Mm. Uh, yeah, the so Kimmich is in the Prem, other than Kante and Fabinho. There's obviously there's Fernandinho, there's Indidi. Uh, yeah, guys? would it be They're criminal both. if I suggested yeah. Hoiberg? No, um, yes, it would be. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He's not. So... He's not. He's, <laughs> don't you dare put him in the same conversation as Kante and Fabinho. No, I'm putting him in the Just... same as Ndidi and. Oh no, no, you're still no, not allowed. No, you're he's okay. in the conversation with like Alan, no. which is still not up there. I, I'd <laughs> it's say mid level. Hoiberg's been very good this year, but yeah, Hoiberg's been good. I just don't, I don't think he fits into sort of like a conversation with Ndidi, who's been yeah, true, true good true. for the last who's been years. One of the best in the league for yeah, at least still three very years. young as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's twenty five. Oh, Hoiberg's still quite young as well. Isn't he? Yeah, Hoiberg's like 24, 25. Mm. Mm. But anyway, Fabinho is still at the top of that list in my eyes and in the eyes of others. Not yeah, just the Liverpool fans. fans. Yeah. No. Is there, is there um, anything anyone wants to point out about the game? I mean, obviously, Diogo Jota scored. Right. Jota so. has to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Firmino's. I would go as far as Firmino's finished, but his role in the team needs to be cut down. Yeah. And we can't just rely on him to carry. So, per- personally, if I was Liverpool and I got an offer for Firmino, I would just take it. That's yeah. that's that's my opinion. I, how I, much... I think now is, I, I think realistically, we're in a situation where <laughs> should he have gone this summer if an offer, like Probably. last summer if an offer was given? I think so. I mean, how much I would, would have you liked expect to... Have just seen, to... seen his like... gamble on Jota becoming that main guy, which yeah. obviously mm-hmm. he has... Well, I mean, to be fair, if, if you gambled on Yota becoming that main guy, then there still would be money in the pot for other signings. And exactly, ultimately, we would have got for Firmino what we paid for Jota. So then. you think you get around forty-five million then? And, I, I, I reckon yeah. we get about thirty in the summer now. I uh, yeah, mm, well yeah. So Sam, Sam, how, old, how, how old is he? How, is he in how long's his contract though? That's that's the. Uh, main. He's got a few years left. I think it's twenty twenty-three. Oh, in that in that case, then yeah, I could probably mm. see about thirty. But Sam, you've just suggested dropping Firmino and Mane. Who would come in then? Would it be Salah, Jota, and? Well, we've got to sign a new attacker, which is. I, I, but I mean, I mean anyway. for right now, because you just said to drop them both. Who would you put in for right now? Well, you can't drop them both right now. That's yeah, the that's... issue we're having. <laughs> no, I, I think re- I think realistically, you can make up for Mane's poor form by putting Yotta in and Yotta doing his job. I think yeah. it's one of those situations where one player making up for another player's bad form. So would you drop Firmino over Mane? Yeah, I'd, yeah. More, yes. I'd definitely put faith in Mane. Yeah, because I still yeah, think that yeah. despite his really bad form, Mane has the ability to come up with something... Well, I mean, realistically, all it takes is a couple of games for Mane, and he, he could be. Yeah, like I, th- I think if he gets like a couple of goals, suddenly we'll see the old Mane again. Mm-hmm. It's just waiting for that confidence to come back. It's like everybody hates talking about mentality, but because Liverpool went so long without losing, when they started losing, they just didn't know what to do. Mm. So, God knows, I, really. I, I still just feel like. 
maybe a bit of complacency just crept in. That, that's it, it, there was like there was an, yeah. an expectation that we just win because we're that good. Speaking yeah, of... I, I, I just think there was obviously like the motivation that was there for the previous seasons. I just don't think that was quite there because ultimately you say you want to win a league title, but once you've done it, it's like. Oh yeah, we want to win it, but it's it's not like life or death. Like this is the one thing I've got to achieve in my career, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Liverpool are in this situation where they just need to freshen something up. I think Origi needs to go as well. That was, I know he's not played, but just yeah, I, I think realistically you're in this weird sort of midpoint where you can either take a gamble on the current players you've got, invest a bit in the squad, and hope that you can get back up that table. And then have another couple of years. Yeah. Or I'd you, like to see Minamino come back into the fold. Yeah. Or, and or then, you go for a younger younger sort of core. Yeah, mm. I'd quite like to see Pats and Dacker come in from Salzburg. Yeah, not bad. Mm. To, to be fair, though, on the other side of things, I think Arsenal, I genuinely don't get what, what they're doing. I know Sam said this before, but in regards to the fact Arteta has been there for quite a while now and been handed quite a lot of time for what you know a manager in the Premier League normally would get. And ultimately he's got Abameyang who's on a massive contract who he can't get play in. Um he's got a team that just don't look that great against the big teams. And I just I don't see the direction there whatsoever. Like well, where where do they go in the summer yeah. to break in the, 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 pro- the problem is like if you look at their attacking for that that attacking their attacking thing for that game, it was Abameyang, Lacazette and Pepe as the as the wingers and the striker, and and that's not current on form. I mean, Saka, Smith Rowe are the two people that yeah, you'd say have even, had a decent even season. With, even with that team selection, I I still don't think they beat Liverpool. It's just I don't even think they ch- they make Liverpool really break that much of a sweat. Like, no, see, I I, I, I disagree you know, with that. Well, I, to be fair, I just and this may be a controversial thing, but this Arsenal team at the minute they are flattering to deceive on so many occasions that it just reminds me of like Arsene Wenger when it's coming to the end of his reign and I'm probably going to get a stick for this but ultimately I just it's the same thing with Wenger where I don't see where they improve and I don't see where they go because yeah, I, right I see, now I just don't see it well they, they have to their attack is dreadful right now and, and they literally I think their, their solution is well, defensively they're not great are you that's what yeah but that's the thing they're defensively is great but they, they have attacking options they can push they can make their attack better I yeah. I to be there's honest, just so it, many I'd gaping get... holes in that team if they, if, they, to, if they if they can if something. they can hold on if they can hold on to their youth players in the summer and they can start putting them time. That the attack of Odegaard, AM, Smithrow, Saka, and Martinelli is far better than the one they put out for that game. Far better. I think they need yeah. a new striker, probably. I, yeah. no, I Martinelli I, will be the new I, striker. I, I, no, 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 no. Martinelli, Martinelli ever fires you to a top four. That, that especially if yeah. it's off an injury, not a chance. The two, I think those players are all very talented, but I just don't think that works as also, an attack together. Also, I think yeah. you are you're having the same issue of putting way too much faith in way too many young players who, with experience around them, have got a chance to flourish. When that pressure of being at a club with the expectations of being in the top four, who previously had that unbelievable run of being in top four for, what was it, 15 years or something along those lines, ultimately there will be players who don't play as well. And I think this squad just lacked in so many areas that as much as Arteta was meant to come in, 
reinvigorate the squad and sort of make it a fresher playing squad that looks more ready for the future. I just think that they've they've barely done that job. For I mean, what Arteta's coming to do, yeah. I don't think it's done that well. Re- realistically, FA Cup aside, obviously. Yeah. Realistically, how long does Arteta have left? End of the season. They'll hold oh, him to they'll, the they'll the stick with him to the end of the season. They don't get rid yeah. of him now. Yeah, no. Oh, there's agree, also agree. that thing where I, they I could the, just pull I a think... four, uh, pull a run of form out and just finish like seventh or something. Personally, I think you'll have at least till the end of the season. I reckon they'll give him the start of next season and they'll give him money because yeah. if they don't perform after giving him money, then they can fully justifiably say, look, yeah. we backed him for two seasons. Mm. We gave him yeah. the players that he wanted. He won the FA Cup within, you know, like yeah. what was it, six months, and then after that, he's gone. I think that's the him. only that's the only thing that's keeping him in the job: the fact he won that FA Cup and the fact yeah. he's in the Europa League at the moment. And, he, I think um, it, it and just, also yeah. the other thing I think, and this has been shown through United and Chelsea having an ex-player who your fans quite liked as a fall guy is brilliant because. It just takes. They'll the just cut him slack, won't mm. they? Yeah, exactly. So then, by cutting him slack, they cut the board slack. It's it, it just one of those things. It just shows the state of Arsenal right now. Sam saying though if they go on a run on for run of form, they could get seventh. It just says so yeah, it much. Really sums it all up about so. the position. Yeah. Arsenal and to be honest, I think that's right optimistic. Now. The amount of teams yeah. gambling, arguing for those spots, I don't think they're in that spot at all. I think they'll get at most they'll get eighth. Is my it's, also, I just wanted to add, I know we were talking about the youngsters. I saw a lot of stuff earlier this week about Saka and about how if they do not get a European spot, how they may have to sell to to then try and fund a move yeah. for Erdegaard as well. But then I don't know if Erdegaard would want to go considering mm. if, it, well, yeah. if they don't get I mean, Europe. Realistically, if you play like this, there will be teams that would potentially look at you. And I mean, to be fair, look, throwing one out the hat, Juventus need new midfielders. They need creative players. There's there's a load Real of Madrid would, may even want to keep him. To be to be fair, you could even make an argument that if Dortmund sold Haaland, they need another creative player because their midfield, apart from Bellingham, is a little bit shaky. And I think that they need quality. There's there's yeah. a load of teams over Europe that would happily have him should he keep performing. Yeah. And he's not just gonna stay on Arsenal because he's played there for six months or something. What about Man City? I would say City as well, but then the argument I would make with that is obviously signing De Bruyne to a new contract and they have so much faith in Foden. Yeah. But I think they, yeah. they wouldn't go near that and they just see it as... Another may... option to rotate until, because like De Bruyne yeah. can't play forever. He yeah, is 29. Course, yeah, of course he can't. But I, th- I think with, with the faith that they've got in Foden, it would sort of be a little bit naive to spend sort of quite a lot of money yeah, on Odegaard. million probably, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I think it would need to go elsewhere or just be put into a, a break-the-bank yeah. transfer. I think, um, talking about Arsenal, we probably should move on to the other side of North London with Tottenham, who oh. um, Newcastle pulled one, um, equalised um, to take uh, three points away from them to make it 2 by, by the way, can I just say, I actually think Newcastle play better than Spurs. Yeah, especially at the end. Especially wasn't, at the end. Wasn't Newcastle oh, not, not XG, just like I, I think I think all hmm. the way throughout the game, Newcastle looked far more assured than Spurs did. Well, Spurs... The, only time, the only time they looked like they had any bite in them was when they conceded and Kane scored. Yeah. And, and it yeah. took that to get their tails up. And then and, once they conceded, yeah. gone. 
Fr- yeah. Frankly, though, frankly though, Dwight Gale missed a... Well, I mean, Lloris made some two fantastic saves in a row um, to stop yeah, Dwight they, Gale. They and Joelinton missed a mighty opportunity. There's, there's multiple realities where Newcastle will come away with a win uh, against Tottenham. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Spurs, that, that was a... I mean, it's happened a lot with Spurs over recent years. They had a big opportunity to move into a good position... And they didn't get the win. May, may I just may I just add against a team who are now fighting for their lives and yeah. at the minute I'm not saying they're an easy three points, but if you never let them get that goal and you grow into the game and score a goal mm-hmm. and kill him. And that's um, the other thing. Spurs had opportunities to kill that game that they just didn't take. Well because there was ones in the second half where I think it was about seventy minutes. Kane's I, I can't remember. Kane or son, whoever it was, if you score that, game's over. It's just such a negative performance to sit back against a side like Newcastle and may I also two one up as, and let as them much as come as on much to as there's bias attack. in this. To have Bale on the bench and then also Sutton in a game like that, it just makes not a lot of sense. Yeah. Because realistically I think one of them can start even if they're not fully fit. I think Bale, all right, fair enough. He hasn't you know, he's not been great for Spurs the last few games, but I think he had a decent international break where, although he didn't score, he created chances and showed enough to say that he could play for 40 minutes. So you could have Sun come on, you know, in the second half, or you could do it the other way around. I just, I just think it was so negative and such a massive chance missed. Um, has anybody seen the XG stats for this game? Yeah, no, no, no. was four, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's the second highest XG in the well, out of all the games this season. The high, mm-hmm. second highest combined XG. Newcastle made four point naught seven. May I also add, Spurs made two point three. John Joe Shelby was having a field day in that midfield. Mm-hmm. He made your midfielders look silly. Every John Joe Shelby's a very underrated he's, player. Yeah, I've, he I've does said, that though. He, I said he this was John John Joe Shelby technically doesn't get the plaudits he deserves. He's mm. an unbelievable player technically. He's such a good passer as well. This, this, this my, yeah, he's he's one of the best passing midfielders. He does look in, like in, vulnerable. In, that, in that sort of bottom half of the table. Mm. This might be an awful take, but he was also one thing we missed in midfield in the World Cup, uh, England. <laughs> I, I think uh, it's, England it's, were missing too many things to well, I mean, say yes. we had John but I, No, I'm not saying John, John, Joe, saying... John Joe Shelby would have brought home the World Cup. He's <laughs> no, coming home he's, featuring Voldemort. Like. No, he was, no, no, but he, he, we definitely didn't have that kind of... It's an, it's an interesting one, though, because I think with, with Shelby, he is someone who you need to play around and you need to build a midfield around him because ultimately he needs the space and just, just the chances to, to play those balls. You need runners but, around him, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So would England ever give him that call-up? Probably not. I think he'd be really good with um, Calvin Phillips next to him. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, he, he would never get a call-up. I was just saying that... Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd argue that even so, I, I don't think he would probably be deserving of a call up as much right. as I've sat, right. as much as I've sang his praises about him being a very underrated player and a great passer of the ball. I, I don't think he's. And he's I, I think. I think. I just think in games like these, he really yeah. can stand out because he is arguably mm. all right. Saint Maximin aside, but then it's a different kind of technical player. I think he's the best technical player in that Newcastle team. I, I will say currently, I think England have that role suited in the England squad. I just think in 2018, we didn't. That was what I was saying. Yeah. 
I mean, mount to an extent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a really big jump from John Joe Shelby to me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Mason Mount also fills different roles, but he can also do that, have, you know, passing range. And, you know. Yeah, I, I just think in an international team, realistically, you have to be very deft of ideas to rely on John Joe Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we'll, we'll move on from this because I still, I still think that's like real football manager stuff that isn't it yeah um all right um i think we move back to tottenham because i don't think we've done uh slating them yet but um i think um was it kane's second goal was the one where it bounced and kind of uh back very fortunately to him yeah i think there was an extent where he kind of i'm not i'm not gonna say he got lucky but i mean Kane has this a lot where he it bounces kindly for him and yeah, but Kane, he puts himself in the right spot, so you oh, can't really complain about it. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think the first goal, he's he's shown ultimately why why he's so good because he just he knows exactly where he is in in regards to where the goal is, yeah. where his footing is. He's probably one of the best in regards to find himself in the right spots just because he's so calculated as a player. Because ultimately he doesn't have that turn of pace, but what he does have is he's always in the right place. But yeah. no, I think I think Spurs are, are worrying at the minute. Yeah. I think the only thing holding Jose Mourinho into that job is that cup final, because I can't see Sp- as much as it, it's Spurs have blown hot and cold this season. I can't see them backing a man who has not got a good record past the first season um, especially recently and with some of the games that Spurs have lost you know the Europa yeah. League game they've lost a, a lot of smaller yeah. clubs mm-hmm. the, the manner of how he's lost games at Spurs is the worrying thing not actually mm. the sort of like the season as a whole yeah. I just think you can't get knocked out of the Europa League in the fashion you do no. you can't lose games in the manner that you do to to Newcastle when you've got European places on the line. Ultimately, I just don't think there's been enough of a shift to say that this Spurs team mentally yeah. uh, step above where they were before. And I think this is the issue with the Spurs team that they've got a lot of players who've been there for a while. And I just think that mentality doesn't change until it's we do kind of need like a rebuild. I mean, who do you think we'd like? Who do you think we'd get in if we were to get rid of Mourinho? Or who would you suggest? Personally, Anybody no, well, person, personally, if you've got any sort of smarts, it would be a similar appointment to Pochettino, manager with a lot to prove, who ultimately isn't going to have too much of an issue ripping Why apart the squad. So would you I say mean, like I mean, Julian Nagelsmann? Maybe? I don't think he's, he's one of the favourites. No, this, might, this might be a controversial one, considering where Southampton are right now. But Ralph Harsen here at all. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've stolen from them before. The, the, only, the only issue with the Harsen Hootle one is... Tottenham would really have to trust the process because of the way yeah. that he plays. Yeah. So it's, it's a case of they would have to be very smart if they were to make that. But I could see it if if he was I given the freedom. I, but the I thing think... is, I, I, to an extent, they did do that. They gave Pochettino time as well. Yeah. yeah I, I just think the the thing that changes that dynamic is Harry Kane and the ticking clock, because mm. ultimately, I don't think bringing in a top class manager changes where they are in, in the grand scheme of things. No. I think I think it's the squad now. You've had a long enough time and two different managers who's, who you could argue are top class yeah, and yeah. They've, just, they've showed no difference. Exactly. The reality is um, that midfield, the defence, just ev- everything needs to be switched up. 
I think realistically, there's defensively, who do you say stays? I mean, Regulon, if he doesn't get bought out, and then, all right, whilst bias, but I think Joe Rodan's the only centre back that they can actually build around. Because I think Tanganga would yeah, yeah, yeah I would say Tanganga's good. Maybe, maybe Tanganga, but at the same he's time, filling in at wide back at the moment. So yeah, it's. I, I, you keep Tanganga just for the versatility. I was going to say he's a very good player. No, I'm not, I'm not saying Tanganga goes, but I just think in terms of purely building, building a rank, yeah, yeah. Eric like, Dyer, Davis, a, a spine of players, not in case of a whole squad, I think mm. they need to get that spine right before they can do anything. Yeah. Um, realistically, without Kane, like this season, mid-table. like I think it was against Chelsea, yeah, we're. we're Mid table, like okay, so players like Kane, yeah, Mid table, Kane, you lose that Newcastle game as well. Yeah, exactly. You're literally like, and you get embarrassed. Uh, it's not a case of West you, you lose it by a little bit. You're literally like West Ham, but with a really good striker. In like West Ham are just better than you at the minute, so yeah, higher yeah. than the table. And you, to be fair, so just bring in David Moyes, all of us. Um, before before we go off to the Champions League, I want to do a flyby against Man United v Brighton just because of one particular one penalty call, which is point. It's the Danny worst Welbeck, one. What a screamer! Yeah, <sighs> I know. true, true. But um, it's a couple of screamers a year time. Yeah, but I um, I, I mean, w- without the Champions League game, we're going to talk about in a minute. This would be the this would be the worst uh, call of the weekend, but it's not unfortunately because of <laughs> a certain other incident. But Welbeck was in on goal. Maguire pulled him back. It was, it was, yeah, late, it was yeah. as clear as day, and it was not given and. I, I don't understand. Harry Maguire, he, he gets away with too much, he does. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's becoming so a joke. I, I a... like You play well at one Euros and all the referees just think you're some kind of uh, goal. I, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you eight, could argue that for Kane as well. <laughs> yeah. It's the way that he walks away wagging his finger, like, nah, I didn't touch him, as if he hasn't just ragged him to the floor. Disbelief. Just how that is... One, how is that not clear and obvious? Like that, that mm-hmm. it's it has to be a penalty. That mm-hmm. it's blatant. He, he clips his leg as well, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not just it's not just the wrist. Yeah, clips him. I, I, it's it's outrageous. It, 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 honestly, I, how VAR hasn't called that back is one of the You've worst calls of the ones given. Mm. Mm. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> that's all. Uh, that's all we need to say yeah. about that. But moving on to the Champions League now. Um, um, Liverpool proving that they couldn't have a good week um, for some reason <laughs> against Real Madrid <laughs> as they lose 3 1. Don't even. Yeah, what went Tactically, wrong, Sam? it was all wrong there. <laughs> we treated Real Madrid as if they were a bunch of 40 year old men who'd just shown up hungover. Like, there was no. I mean, there's, there's a school of thought to say that a bunch of 40 year old men hungover might actually have a chance. <laughs> Yeah, like they probably would have played better than we did. I mean, but tr- the midfield was just shambolic. <laughs> There's no other way of putting yeah. it, especially I, I, in that first half. Mm-hmm. Like in the opening stages of the second half, I thought we played really well, but it was like 15 minutes out of a 90-minute game. You know, it's just not good enough. No, <laughs> I don't know why Thiago was dropped in favour of Navigator. I was in favour of Cater starting, but instead of Wijnaldum, yeah. not instead of Thiago, especially against Real Madrid. Um, Wijnaldum, I don't know why he just stood there and watched half of the things that happened, especially for that one goal. Mm. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's that was... Yeah. Like, it's like his From... head's in Barcelona. That, 
Yeah, that is awful. From to just stand on the edge of the box, not move, just watching what's happening. It's just awful. I just awful I don't think player. we've had a midfield showing more incompetence since John Joe Shell. No, not John Joe Shelby. Jay Spearing was at the club. You wish you had John Joe Shelby in your club. I like, honestly, I <laughs> <take> it. <laughs> like, for me, um, Curtis Jones has to start over Vinaldum every day of the week. Mm-hmm. There was a period where Curtis Jones was our best midfielder. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll stand I just... by it. That was when Fabinho was injured, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It, like, <laughs> Fabinho was either injured or playing in defence. Mm. And then Henderson yeah. was also out. So it was like Cater, no, it was uh, Vinaldum, Thiago, and Jones. And Jones okay. was the standout of the three. Yeah. I feel like um, if we'd recorded this yesterday, you would have been giving this player a lot of plaudits for how, um, before, before this game. Um, but Alexander Arnold had a. He had a shock at Yeah, a shock well, I mean, if he's expecting safety to give him a ring, he can, uh, he can jog on with that one, I think. It's such a weird one, because if it was off the Arsenal game, Southgate should he should be first name on the plane. But if you're going off the Real yeah. Madrid, like he should be on like the third team under 12s or something. Mm. Like, yeah. it, just wasn't, it just wasn't okay, especially at that level. Uh, no. and I, I, I'm not saying I understand what um, Southgate's doing by not taking it. I, I would always take out Alexander Arnold, even on bad form, personally. Yeah. Um, but but even, I, 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 I'd see, I, I'm not 100% in agreement with you, but I can see your point. But I, if I you were. With, yeah. with the level of players that England. Because to be fair to England, there's a lot of depth in yeah. that pool yeah. of players now. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of players who you could argue not only have a stake to an England you know, seat on that plane but also should be on that plane that might not even make it or have any yeah. chance what, so what, I, I think this is going to seem really irrelevant right but does anybody remember when David Alaba used to get called up to Austria and play at 10 oh my god like, yeah. he used to play left back for Bayern Munich and he'd play at 10 for Austria to be why fair he's so he, versatile he wasn't awful he, he was is. actually quite good like, he was actually really good but like, why doesn't Southgate just call him up and play him in midfield? I'm not that's, saying it's head, it. but like I, I, in midfield. I think I think realistically that's something that Southgate should have experimented with. Yeah. Not yeah. not this like, international break. Against yeah. San Marino, but, it would have been more, the perfect but, no, time no, to but, try it. But more, I think it should have been something that he's tried for the past year. Yeah. yeah. That'd sort agree. of sort of like thinking, all right, well, you know, major tournaments yeah. in my mind. I know it's going to be sort of like 2021 yeah. now. Well, All right, I'm going to give a few players. Now, now I'd say Declan Rice has secured his spot in that midfield. Exactly. So, yeah. like Jordan Henderson will start, right? Mm. So, if we're playing a back five, I'm all for. Well, Trent, I, but but if, we're play, if we're playing a back four, back four it, no. and if he's against someone like Ronaldo or Hazard, no chance. you have to play Trippier or Walker or someone. Uh, no, Reese James. Or Reese James. Yeah, no, that works. I'm just moving to the I think Walker or yeah. Reese James. I think, right. those, those I, think I mean, I take two right backs. You take Trent and Reese James. I, I think Trippier can fill in there. Yeah, I, I think, think I, take I'd take Walker just because you could play him centre back if we played yeah, back. I, I think yeah. he'll get taken as a centre back. I mean, how many defenders w- uh, would we take? Well, well, well knowing Southgate, we'd have double two the amount as yeah. everyone else. Well, real- realistically, it's a twenty-three man squad, so you're probably talking at least eight or nine. There, yeah, so realistically, it's three right backs. There's talk of it being 25, isn't there, as well? Could be a 25-man squad instead because of... Yeah, they were thinking... To to be fair, normally you have... I think it's... You have a 20-man... A couple of reserves. I think it's a 27-man squad on the whole. Yeah, yeah. You've got the four reserves that you can call in if you have an injury. Because I remember, like, Lallana was on that last time, I think, for the World Cup, wasn't he? 
set an alarm for absolute baller. But I, th- I think, what was it? I also think that at the same time, I think you can't have goalkeeper on the reserve list. I could be wrong. But I yeah, think, well, like, you call up three anyway, and I just yeah. think that's that, really that, pointless. Yeah, this is, that's the reason why you call up three, because you can't. I don't think you can have mm. a goalkeeper in the reserve spot. Yeah. I still think three goalkeepers is really pointless. Because when have you not seen... Yeah, but team, what have you seen? Yeah, but it would the be the team more than two goalkeepers. We but played Jean Virginia because Olsen and Pickford both got injured. Yeah, may, may I yeah. just add, you, you would be that team that takes two goalkeepers. Yeah, one goes and off playing Carl Walker in goal. Yeah, one yeah. got one goes Can't off change. injured in the first minute, and then uh, your second one gets injured in training the week Slab after. Slabbed between the sticks. Oh gosh, the head got most of the, the goals. Agility. The agility. Yeah, well, it'd be a good keeper. He'd yeah, probably do a better job than Jordan Pickford. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, <laughs> into this. Oh dear. Alright. Um I mean the only other talking point about the Real Madrid Liverpool game is obviously Vinicius Junior scored a brace. Yeah, yeah. Um it's weird actually. So I was talking to a few Liverpool fans before the game and they said that Benzema and Asensio were the only threats going into that game. And I was like, what about Vinicius? And then they all ripped into me for saying that he was a threat because he'd only scored three games all season. No, three yeah. goals all season. Yeah, well, that, he <laughs> took that first goal so beautifully. Mm. He's just one of those sort of players that he just causes problems. Even if he isn't going to score goals like, and the pass he, as well. Like, he's got pace and he's good at dribbling. That's all you need to be a dangerous winger. Yeah, ult- <laughs> ult- especially in one-off games. Like if you yeah. just make a, nu- make a nuisance of yourself for ninety minutes, and ultimately mm. you probably will come out with some sort of plaudit because he's you've like, done all right. Considering it's a bit like. Um, Adama Traore, but if he could finish. Mm. A bit more. I always think Adama Traore is such a tricky one to... It's just to the Spanish Andros Townsend. Yeah, because this is the thing, right? So when he played for Middlesbrough, um, Adama, I, I said, absolutely awful. Just pace and strength, mm. that's all he had. Because ultimately, in the Championship, that's actually all he had. Sean yeah. Morrison locked him up. Like he took away his keys, you know, his whatever, <laughs> and Adama Traore was just there sitting in his back pocket. Yeah. Um, and then he went to Wolves. I thought he got a little bit better, and then he had that, you know, that season where he was phenomenal, and he had those mm-hmm. games against City. Um, and then this season he's gone back to being yeah. good old Middlesbrough Adama Traore. Um, you say you say that, but he scored a very good goal. Uh, sorry, a very good, sorry. He he assisted. He had a very good assist against West Ham using just strength. Oh, yeah. pace. Yeah. <laughs> he just and tapped it past the player, ran onto it for about twenty minutes. Yeah, but, yeah, but ultimately, there's there's a lot of players that have got strength and pace. It's the end product that makes you stand out. And but one of the things with the Dharma as well. Many players that have the strength and pace of Adama. It's not necessarily. No, no, of course, of course, there's not many that have that sort of strength and pace. But ultimately, if you're playing for sort of like a top team, it's a case of you've got to have all three. Or yeah. you've got to have all three and just have a little bit less strength of pace and a better end product. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is with the Dharma as well, it's not just about his goals and assists because he's so fast and strong. Like, in a way, he's a player that defenders need, they've always got to be wary about. And it's kind of like a decoy for. Yeah, the but then players. realistically, if you've got a fullback which is, is confident that they can play up against the Dharma. And they just give him a hard enough time. I don't actually think he's yeah. that much worth. What he is I mean, really James, is a wing James, Justin, James Justin did a fantastic job against him. I remember. Yeah, this is what I mean. That sort yeah. of that sort of echelon of player where they're quick, they're alert because ultimately that's the one thing you've got to be against the Dharma mm-hmm. is just be alert. And I yeah. think if, you, if you've got that, he will struggle because yeah. if you can just 
cut out the directness of the player, mm-hmm. he's not got a lot more to offer. So as long as you don't play a high line, you'll be all right. Somehow we moved from Champions League to Adama Traore. So, so, so we'll we'll say, just go back to the Champions League. That pass by Tony Cruz for Vinicius' first goal. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you can't leave Tony Cruz in the midfield. No. Like that. Like, it was just. No. Just get Awful someone on to it. Give him I don't that care much who room. it is. Let it be Allison for all I care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's such a basic thing to have to cover. <laughs> like, that's all he's going to. If you give him that much room, it's like. It's like a Cesc Fabregas pass. You can't leave Cesc Fabregas or something like that. Like, you, you just can't give a player that much room. You just can't. It just yeah. seems really obvious. It's like, they taught me that when I was like six. Mark, yeah. your man. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he was just free. Should right. we move on to Man City yeah. Dortmund? So I yeah, can see I Kieran actually itching to talk about Jude Bellingham. <laughs> I, I think, well, firstly, uh, no one here is going to argue that he's a fantastic player. And when he gets called up properly, he's going to be the person in charge of the England midfield, like, without a doubt. But he had a chance to score as he dispossessed Edison. And Edison had this coming, not just for this chance, but the, the amount of times he's just he's played with it around his feet. And I know he, I know he's good with the, the ball. I understand that. But sometimes you just you just can't. You can't do that constantly in a game. One time you're going to get dispossessed. And he did. And he got fairly dispossessed. Bellingham got the ball. Yeah, tapped yeah. past the man, and then Edison kicked him. If anything, yeah. Edison has committed the foul. I can't. Yeah. I and actually can't believe Edison. Edison went down holding his foot. Yeah. I will say as well. I was watching the Real Madrid Liverpool game. Did it go to VAR? No, because no. the, 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 the ref blew, blew his, his whistle whip. before the ball was in the net. Oh. So then the argument is that yeah. they can't do anything. That, that is the worst. That's yeah. the worst. All part. he needed to do was wait three seconds, mm. let the ball go in the net. And then go to VAR review. And I, I they should have at least rescinded the yellow card. Yeah, just like, the cherry on the. You know, ice. you know the the irony the is yellow as yeah, well. The, the irony is as much as like, just go on about you know rest make decisions, but when you've got VAR there, and you are literally three seconds away from being able to just consult, how yeah. stupid do you have to be to go? Yeah, I'm gonna blow my whistle right now. Make this decision yeah. all by myself. On my position, which I, I don't know how good the rest position well, to was. To be honest, he had, a, he had a fantastic position of it, which I found shocking because I, I, my, our view up in the stands, I saw it was I saw it wasn't a foul immediately. And I didn't have a great view of it. You could see the ball was poked past well, uh, Edison. If anything there, Edison should get booked for simulation. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, to, he, 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 I think he should get booked for the foul. Though, for the foul and then for the simulation. Was, <laughs> yeah, there was another one as well. Rodrigo, uh, Rodri rather, should have been booked for simulation as well. Earlier, but just before that one, there was, I think it was from a corner, I'm pretty sure, or maybe a free kick, I can't remember. Rodri, he's gone gone down to head the ball, and he's almost on his knees. Emery Chan's foot is just up slightly in the air, and the, they gave that as a penalty at first. But Rodri goes down holding his face. Yeah, he hasn't been touched, and the re- and Emery Chan still got a yellow for arguing afterwards, and Rodri walked away free, and so did Edison. It was unbelievable that both of them didn't get booked, but Chan and Bellingham did. Yeah, completely. I mean, ultimately though, Man City did win. They won three-one. Yeah, I mean, what a goal! Fantastic ball from Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. 
And that's just what he does. He's just a difference maker in that team. Also, just, Man City yeah, definitely won 2-1, not 3-1. Oh yeah, two yeah. one. Sorry, two one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, was, I, was I didn't hear that. I thought there was more of a game in that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I feel bad for Dortmund because I feel like they did all game. They were always there. They didn't let City control them. They they always looked dangerous. They always looked like they had a goal in them, and they got that goal. Mm. But then, I'll, just I'll a moment of magic from De Bruyne. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's just sort of like the difference between the two teams, really. Dort, yeah. Dortmund have got. All right, it might be a little bit harsh, but they've they've got a team of of all sorts of different parts. Um, you know, some from their academy. There's no real because of the way that obviously they they mm. their strategy and everything else, sort of buying young players and taking punts in them. You yeah. know, they, they they sort of they've got this weird dynamic. Whereas I think City right now are the most um, are in the best position they've been in terms of their squad. I think they've got players in every single position now that can affect the game meaningfully. And I think they've got that depth. And I mean, I think Foden, I mean, ultimately he's, he's coming up and, and making differences in big games. So, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's really coming of age. Um, and I just think they've just got so much quality. The, the only thing that might stop them from getting to a Champions League final now is just complacency, I think. Oh, themselves, yeah, completely. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I, I've said this, but... Um, I think it's almost. I think at least I might be proven wrong, and I'm. I'm not happy to be proven wrong, but I hope I don't. But that the entire one entire side of that Champions League table, the Real Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, and Chelsea is irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. Irrele- mm, Man City well, will come to the semi-final against Bayern Munich, and no, that will be I, the final. I, that I, is I don't think no, it's irrelevant. No, I don't but. think it's irrelevant because ultimately, when you get to that position where you're in a semi or a final. The, the sort of stakes just change that little bit yeah. and it, it's a case of it's not a case of oh we've got to get past City and we've got to get past Bayern and we've got to get past PS or like those sort of teams in the hat right. it's a case of get past this game and then you get into the second leg you know exactly what you've got to do mm-hmm. and then it's a final it, it's not a case of there's too much to think about and I think that's that's ultimately yeah where, when those sort of teams on the other side get a little bit overlooked because there's nothing to say that, all right, for all Chelsea's flaws, they can't have an unbelievable game in a final and push City or push Bayern or push PSG or any of those to the sword. And then it, it just depends what happens. Yeah, I but look at Chelsea in 2012. That Barcelona yeah. team never should have got beaten by Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Chelsea never should have even got to Barcelona. They never. Yeah. They should have got knocked yeah. out by Napoli in the round of yeah. 16. So mm-hmm. it's not always a case of oh who's the best. It's a case of who can keep going the longest, and then see off what's in front of them. Yeah, I mean, also like the Carabao Cup final against. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but Man City v Chelsea. Uh, where um, the one where Kepa decided to act like a man-child. Um, well, we should have won that game. Yeah, that's the thing. Ch- Chelsea were. Well, I mean, you, you were. I mean, I can't remember the possession stats in that game. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't fantastic for you, was it? But we had. We we actually should have had a goal at the end of that game. Yeah. But I think, to be honest, in the Champions League, 
it doesn't matter as long as you beat who is in front of you. That is mm-hmm. all that matters. And yeah. if you can't beat the team in front of you, you don't deserve to be in the Champions League. And, I no. mean, the other, the other thing you could argue, and this is just like, the final point I'm going to make on it, is we saw a final, obviously, between PSG and Bayern last year that I thought was, wasn't, there wasn't that much quality in the game whatsoever. I thought mm-hmm. for two teams that had such high billing in terms of, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be a, an unbelievable game, they didn't offer much. No, it, like, was, it was one when, moment when it, came, when it came to the occasion, they were nervy. And I think ultimately PSG will be the exact same should they make the final this year because it's going to be the same issue. Same for City. If City make the final, they will be nervy because they haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a team that didn't expect to get there anyway won't have that sort of nerves because they it wasn't sort of an expectation put upon them that you've got to win this trophy. Yeah. All right. Um, finally, before we um, finish, I think we should do some predictions for next week. Tottenham's playing Manchester United. That's probably the biggest game in the Premier League next week. And um, so I'll start. Uh, I think that Manchester United will win. No, I don't think that's a particularly uh, outrageous um, uh, the, um, choice. But I think I think it will be. I think Tottenham will. I think Kane will score, but I think it'll be four-one in the end. Four-one. Four-one. Yeah, oh my God. I, I was going to go Tottenham will score a goal, and it will most likely be Kane. But Man United will win three-one. Three-one United. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go against the run of the mill here, just because we can't all be saying Man United are going to win like four-one. I'm going to go that. Tottenham are just going to get some sort of lucky goal through Kane and Mourinho is going to find a way to win against one of his former sides, albeit unspectacularly, and it'll be 1-0. That's the only way Mourinho does it. Kind of so, go yeah. for like 6-1 Man United, so it's going to be the opposite of the game <laughs> the game at Old Trafford. <laughs> Revenge. I'm going to I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna along stand the same by that as well. well. I'm going to go along the same Shocker. lines. We'll say 1-0 or 2-1 Spurs, just because I have to. I'm I got a 1-0 or 2-1. Yeah, pick one. I'll go one. Sean, nil. just take no, take two one. I've taken one nil. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to pick one nil before you picked it, mate. Oh, yeah, but he picked it before you. So that's that. <laughs> I'll say one nil and then. But I'll join. Don't back up. Sam Jones, or did you say six one? Is yeah, that what you're sticking six, with? Is that what you're sticking <laughs> with? All right, all right, all right. You, we can see who's been a bit ambitious here. Yeah. All right. But I, I reckon. I reckon I'm the most ambitious here. Sean and Will. <laughs> but if it comes off I'm going to look like a genius oh, it's yeah, the but... same thing with um, what did I get right the other week I got something right no, Arsenal yeah, let, let's, let's... oh yeah I got Arsenal in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the North London derby yeah, let, let, let's, just, the let's just leave that one there <laughs> All right, we'll move um... on and pretend it never happened right yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the um, alright thanks for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye